Welcome to Educate with Dr. Jefferson, the talk show that makes the connections between research, policies, and practitioners that are too often missing from the American education system. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jonathan Jefferson. Good day, listeners. Welcome to Educate with Dr. Jefferson. I am your host, Jonathan Jefferson. You can learn more about me at my show page on TalkZone.com. Don't judge a man until you have walked a mile in his moccasins. This quote, stated in a variety of ways, is apropos in many settings. When I was a teacher and coach in my 20s, I assumed I knew the scope of my supervisor's job. When I assumed a similar position as my supervisor in a neighboring school district, I realized I had no clue the depth of responsibilities attributed to the position. This is why I am sensitive to the stresses on others at all levels. My guest today will shed light on the challenge first year. I am sure what there will be enlightening. My first guest, Brian Bruno, has been an educator for 18 years, 13 years as a classroom teacher, four years as an assistant principal, and now principal of the California Avenue School in Uniondale, New York. Brian, welcome to the show. How are you doing, John? I'm doing good, thanks. So, Brian, let's start right at the top. How do you navigate the school culture from the perspective of a principal? Oh, boy. I think uh, learning the culture uh, in any new place is a challenge. Um, but I think the best way to do it is is through inquiry. Um, ask lots of questions. Spend a lot of time with your staff members. Um, get to know them um, so they feel comfortable with you. But I think that's the hardest part. You know, it's really hard to affect any sort of change if you don't understand the culture of a building um, or, or a district. I was lucky, though, because I was coming in as an assistant principal, so I kind of understood where I was in the culture of the building. But even from a, the perspective as a, as, a, as a principal, as opposed to an assistant principal, it's still quite different. Okay, so now you've built relationships as a teacher and as an assistant principal. How is that different than a relationship building you do as a principal? Well, I think, you know, the buck stops with the principal. So more responsibility. Um, and you have to listen more. I think a lot of it's being uh, empathetic and listening to to your staff members. Um, and if they feel that, you know, you're on board with them, you start to build trust. Um, and trust is critical uh, when, you're, when you're in a leadership position. I don't think you could really do anything if your people, people don't believe in you because you'll never get any buy-in. Now, you're, you're in charge of the school, but do people in the school seem to understand that there's a hierarchy above you that you have to uh, m- manage or cope with uh, at the same time trying to manage the building? I don't think so. I think they're isolated from that. So um, they think you're, you're, you're the be-all, end-all. Uh, but they, I don't think a lot of people understand that there's people above us in central administration that really call a lot of the shots. Uh, we do have a lot of autonomy in the building as a building-level principal, um, especially where we are. But I think that, you know, they don't really understand what they they see, the day-to-day interactions, or they see the principal in the building, and they think, really, that's it. Um, so they don't understand that there's policy that comes from up above that has to be initiated as well, and sometimes they just don't understand. Now, have, have you had occurrence in the first few months of school uh, that you've been principal where there's a decision that Central made that you would have preferred to go in a different direction and you had to articulate that with your staff? Uh, yeah, 
I think a lot of it with, the, with some of the new curriculum that we've rolled out, some of it I don't agree with. Um, I think it's too overwhelming for the staff. Um, but I think that um, with trust um, comes the idea from those teachers that, you know, I think that he understands what we have to do. Um, we trust him. Uh, we know that he's going to lead us in the right direction. But there are a lot of initiatives that come down that I don't necessarily agree with. But you have to do what you have to do. I mean, that comes from up above. Um, but it's difficult at times because ne- I don't necessarily always agree with, with what comes down from, from upper, uh, central administration. So it's tough. Now, now, is it all from central administration or are there uh, mandates on you from the state level uh, that that even central administration has no choice on? I mean, yeah. I mean, you look at the current assessments that are going on right now. I mean, they, they don't have any control over the way the assessments were rolled out um, without rolling out the Common Core first. You know, the assessments came first and the Common Core. Um, it was done backwards. But, you know, that's from the state, and that's a state mandate. Um, caps on special education. Uh, how many kids can go in a resource room? Um, how many kids could be in an inclusion classroom? are all dictated by the state. So those are, you know, some they they, they handcuff us a little bit, um, and that's not the district's fault, but that's those are state mandates. Okay, now, how do you create buy-in for for new ideas that are, are the, your own ideas, and you feel strongly about including them in your school? Have you had that opportunity yet, or are you in a process of trying to bring something new in that's that's something you feel passionately about that's not controlled by central administration or the state? It's just your own passion about bringing it in absolutely we're trying to push guided reading you know we did some professional development today we looked at you know we we assessed all of our students we tested all of our 621 students and what we found out was that 41 percent of our students are currently on grade level reading wise um, which is you know 60 percent aren't so my feeling was that to to do anything right to, to be able to understand science or read content area and social studies and science or do even the mathematics, you have to be able to read, read, and our students aren't good readers. So what we decided as a building with our administrative team is to push more guided reading, which is guided instruction, small group instruction. Um, so that's a shift in culture. That's a shift in thinking. That's a shift in pedagogy in our building. So you have to create buy-in for something like that because um, teachers are uncomfortable. Um, they don't know how to do it. So the first thing that you have to do is that, again, comes with trust. Um, they have to trust that you're the professional, you're the instructional leader. You know um, why it's good, um, why what we did in the past was not good, um, and that comes with being an expert in that field. So we had some professional development today. I just got back from guided reading professional development, and it's a shift in thinking, but the, the teachers are on board. And I can tell because as we walk through the classrooms, they're all starting to implement that small group instruction um, based on homogeneous uh, reading levels. So it's a shift in thinking, but I think, again, with the relationships and the trust that I've built um, throughout the last four years, I've created buy-in. And I don't have to have 100% buy-in, John. I'm usually good with 85%. Okay. <laughs> if you had 100%. 85% of my teachers say, we're with them. I'll say out of that 15, the other 15, if I can get 5% more to come around, I'm in pretty good shape. Well, if you ever get 100% to come around in your position as a building yeah, I won't principal, be principal. I'll, be some, I'll be a CEO of some tremendous corporation, John. You, you'll be doing speaking <laughs> tours someplace because I don't think anyone gets 100%. No, like I, I said, I'm good with 85%. Listen, 85%, I can do great things. Anybody can if you have that buy-in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, 
What do you mean when you say critical communication? You know, as it's different. Now we could talk a little bit about the difference between an assistant principal and a principal. I think the way you communicate with your staff, again, that's another trust building. You know, that's another thing that builds trust with people. And as an assistant principal, what I found was I didn't have to communicate um, as, as much as I do now as a building-level principal. Everything has to be communicated to your staff. Simple things, day-to-day operations, daily things. When I put out my weekly news, I have to be so um, aware of what I'm putting out that I don't forget groups of people or that I address certain things that have to go to the staff, you know, a large building. And I think that communicating with people, they understand where you're coming from. The expectations are clear. And if you don't communicate well, your expectations are not clear. And I think that creates a problem. That creates a little bit of havoc and resentment among your staff. Now, you, you say that like you've already had uh, an experience where you put something out in all in a sense and you forgot an area yeah. And it caused some strife. Can you give us more specifics? I'll give you an example. I put out my day, my weekly news every Sunday. I sit down and I type it out. And, uh, you know, it was today. It was, you know, I split my professional development up into guided reading, essential questioning. We utilize our APs to cover different PVs. And I left out a group of people. And believe it or not, in the world we live in and the world we work in, people get upset with that. And that's something that, you know, you have to be so um, aware of because, you know, you don't want people to feel like they're left out. It was it was an ESL department, and they're they're so very everybody's important in the building. But I felt really mm-hmm. bad, and I apologized to those people, and I and I didn't you know I didn't mean to do it. But I'll be aware of that in the future. That you know, when I communicate with a large group of people, I include everybody. Okay, well that's that's a, a, a that's an interesting challenge because there's so many particulars, and I, I opened up the show mentioning how I was. Um, really focused on my own area and had no idea the scope of responsibilities of a, a supervisor back when I was a, a young teacher and coach. And I believe that that's the case in, in every organization. There's people so focused on their own area that they can't fathom or grasp what you, the scope of your responsibilities. Right. Um, and that truly you certainly didn't, you know, mean to slight no. them. No. You know, it was, it was just an oversight. You know, simple things. What time does the concert start in the morning? You know, if if people don't, if if you don't clearly articulate that to people, you hear grumblings, and you you know you start to look at you know, people look at you, or some people can look at you as somewhat ineffective. So, as an assistant principal, I didn't have that problem. So, mm-hmm. that's, you know, a challenge right now is make sure I communicate what I need to communicate to the people effectively, thoroughly, and that they understand what I'm talking about. So it's 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 a it's different. It's not difficult but you really have to be thorough when you do it okay now let's let's backtrack when you were teaching what level did you teach as a classroom teacher i taught oh boy third grade for probably 12 years and then then i taught second grade for four years three years okay Um, all the primary you know second and third grades okay and what was your what would you say was your strength when you were uh teaching at that level i think it was the relationships with with my students um, as well as the relationships with my parents, and even now as, a, as an administrator, I think that is that could you could sink or swim as as a leader if you don't develop good positive relationships with people. And I think that um, it's no different as a teacher. Um, you're developing. You want your students to perform. Um, kids will do anything for you if they if they know that you believe in them. Um, and I think talking about parents as well. 
I think if they know that you have their 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 children's best interest in mind, um, they trust you, and they know that you do always do the right thing by their children. I think there's no different um, if in a leadership position. Um, it's just on a, on a larger scale. I think you have to continue to build those relationships with people. It's critical in the classroom, and it's critical as a leader. Now, now when you went, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Now, when you were in the classroom and focused on your 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 own little world, because yeah. every classroom is kind of yep. its own entity, um, were there, you know, long before the world of, you know, I'm going to go into administration, were there times when you felt that there was something that the, the principal um, could do differently or that they were missing? And then when you became an administrator, you realized, oh, wow, they were right on point. Is, do, you, do you have any of those moments? Um, you know, thinking back, I mean, I have worked for so many different principals and I took so many different things away from each one, good and bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, and again, I worked for a principal that um, was very stern. Um, it, it was it was all business. That goes back probably 15, 18 years ago. Um, and I didn't really understand that at, at that time, you know. But she always had your best interest and the children's best interest in mind. And that's the, you know, I, that's the other thing I, I think about as, as a leader is my decisions are based on what's best for kids. And I think as a teacher, sometimes you forget that. Um, mm-hmm. You think that, oh, you know, they're coming down harder than the teachers. No, it's not that. It's it's. We have to think globally, and we have to think about what's in the best interest of children. And I think sometimes as teachers, you forget about that. Um, you think something's directed specifically at teachers, and it's punitive, and it's not punitive. It's for our kids. And I think as a teacher, we lose sight of that sometimes. Excellent, excellent. I'm going to piggyback on that shortly, but at this time, we need to take a short break. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more right after this. Welcome back to Educate on Talk Zone. Here's Dr. Jonathan Jefferson. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to the show and our discussion with our guest, Brian Bruno, principal of the California Avenue School in Uniondale, New York. If you'd like to join our conversation, the phone lines are open, 888-463-6748. That's 888 888- Four six three six seven four eight. We're taking your calls on Talk Zone, uh, Brian. Just before the break, uh, you shared some an example of how there was a stern a, a stern principal, but you you pretty much learned to respect that principal by the fact that they kept the best interests of uh, students at heart. And I just wanted to pig, piggyback on that because I think sometimes uh, there are those in leadership positions who feel that being uh, or a stickler for details or being stern is, is a negative and therefore you're not going to be liked, et cetera, et cetera. And I have to say, when I was a teacher, uh, and a coach, I remember, uh, approaching my principal of who had 40 years experience. She was in her seventies and they considered naming the building after her when she retired. Um, but she was very focused. And I remember making the mistake of, uh, putting my need to run off to a graduate school ahead of uh, something that involved the building. And she kind of corrected me on that. And I actually gained a greater deal of respect for her as opposed to saying, oh, my God, she's mean and what have you, because her focus was always on the the children. And I think as as leaders, as you and I both are in education, it's important to remember that, it, you know, people actually respect you more when they see that even if the, the decision is not in their favor, it's about 
keeping what's most important in 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 uh in the forefront and that's the children um would you concur with that uh minor uh soapbox i just got on <laughs> it's not a soapbox it's 100 percent true i mean you know i think sometimes with 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 what's coming down we talked about mandates before from the state and and assessments that are unfair and this and that and this you know i think sometimes we lose sight of why are we really there um and it's for kids. You know, we all got into this profession because we like to work with children. Um, and at the end of the day, we still do that every day. No matter what the state dictates, no matter what central office will dictate, no matter, you know, what your principal dictates, you have the opportunity to change kids' lives. I mean, what more, what more could you want um, from a profession? And I think we always have to remember that. I try to tell my staff at the end of, the, you know, when there's an issue, you know what, we have the greatest, most, you know, we have a great responsibility um, because we're going to eventually some of these kids are going to change the world. Absolutely. Sometimes we lose sight of what we're really there for. Yeah, the, yeah. There's things that are going on in education now that that are tough. But at the end of the day, we get to work with our kids. We get to work with children who eventually they're going to do great things. So I think we always have to remember that, and and and, and always have their best interest in mind. That's what it's about. Absolutely. Now. Let's get into some some stories and anecdotes because uh, everyone uh, gains most from stories. So to date, um, as principal, as a first year principal, uh, what has been the, the the biggest behavioral challenge with a student that you've dealt with, and um, how smoothly or bumpy was the ride? You know what I'm going to say. I say this. I say this constantly, Doctor Jefferson. <laughs> I say our problems so far, my problems so far, have not been children. They've been all adults. So, you know, our kids are great. Uh, there's little things that go on in the building that are, that are easily um, we can address. Um, nothing severe. But I think sometimes, you know, we have adults that create sometimes some issues. Um, you know, behaviorally, we, we've had students that just are just not um, teacher interactions again. That's uh, an adult and a child. And sometimes adults mm-hmm. uh, act like a child. <laughs> you know, to, because they don't, you know, if they get into it with a student, um, that's that's the biggest issue that I've had thus far. And it's not just about the child; it's also about an adult. So I think um, kids are kids. Um, we've had behavior problems in the past, but you know, we expect that from children. They're learning. Um, we don't expect it from adults, and that's been my biggest issue so far: have been adults and not children. Mm. And. Uh... When I, I can concur in many ways on that, and um, so let's 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 switch it to parent. Let's you know what's the toughest uh, experience you've had to date with a parent. Oh, we had two parents uh, almost get into it at the front door the other day. Um, you know, for for a silly reason, um, but generally it's um, they they're short sighted sometimes, and I think that not short sighted. I don't mean to say that. I think that. Um, they only think about uh, one. They don't think about the whole school and all the children. So, you know, I'll give you a perfect example. It's a simple thing, um, but it's our traffic issues in the morning. People don't think about other people. Um, and I've had this, this this discussion with certain parents out in front of our building. You need to slow down. You need to drop your students off at curbside, not in the middle of the road. It's dangerous. Um, but they don't tend to listen to that. Um, mm. So, you know. To me, it's also about building a community of people in our building so they do care about each other. Um, they care about other parents and other students and other children. 
um, and we become a small community that cares about each other. And again, that goes back to bringing people together and developing relationships with people. But that's been a problem, you know, mm. things like that. It, it, you know, parental involvement, par- parents are involved. Um, they don't necessarily always have the time to be at the school, but it's just thinking of the school as a, as a community and an extension of where they live because it is where they live. And if, and if we care about each other, we could do great things together. But that's, that's tough. That's a challenge. Mm. Now, looking at the some elements that where you depend on others, such as uh, bus transportation, buildings and grounds, facilities, um, in, inside and out, uh, have you dealt with any challenges there? Um, that that have taken you by surprise, or that was just what you felt was just unnecessary in 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 the operation of your day. Yeah, I mean, you talk about transportation is, is a lot, I think a lot of times that they don't understand if you know, especially the director who's who's great, but you know, if a bus is 15 minutes late, that reverberates, it creates havoc because now the bus is coming 15 minutes late. I'm getting our kids on the bus 15 minutes late. They get to the bus stop 15 minutes late. And now all of a sudden their parents start to panic and their parents mm. start, you know, come, so it's one of those things that if a bus is late, we got to look at 40 or 50 kids and start making 50 phone calls to parents and letting them know they hit the bus stop. You know, so these little things that you don't think are that big or that drastic. And I don't know if they understand it, you know, as the transportation people, I don't know if they understand how much it affects what we do in a given day. So, same thing with building and grounds. I mean, our heat kicked on the other day, and it smelled funny. Now, to to me, I want to make sure our students are safe. So I mm-hmm. told you know our director of facilities, they need to come over here and smell our building to make sure everything is okay. You know, these are the little things that you may not, they may not understand. Working with eight hundred students and, and hundred teachers in a building, these little things make a big difference. Mm. And do you feel at times that you are? Not an educational leader, but a uh, police officer or a um, you Traffic know a, a, a social worker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we it's many hats. My you know my whole my whole feeling was I want to get in there and affect uh, instructional changes so that we could grow as as a, as a, as, a, as a school of learners. But you're right. There are sometimes you wear 15 different hats. You're a social worker. You're a policeman. You're a CPS worker. Uh, you're assisting the CPS workers. You're assisting. You're, you're doing home visits. Um, you're dealing with security guards who are having an issue with a parent. So there's a lot of things that sometimes take you away from 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 what you're really supposed to be doing, and, that, and that's instructional um, changes. Um, so that's that's tough because again, I didn't have to deal with that um, on this level as an assistant principal, we had specific jobs. Now everything falls on, on me and I have to delegate a lot of those things to my assistants. But there's a lot of things that go on throughout the course of the day that take you away from very meaningful work. Not that this stuff isn't important, but really at the end of the day, we're there to educate children. Okay. Now I'm curious, you mentioned uh, home visits. Did you actually have to make a home visit this year? Yeah. Yeah. I'll take, I'll take a ride with a social worker or, um, you know, we'll pop into to a house to make sure everything is all right, and you know that that's kind of I've never really done that before. But I think um, again that builds relationships with people as well, especially parents that you don't see a lot, um, or parents that are having an issue that they need some assistance. I, I think it's important to show your face and do those types of things. Well, and what was the parents' reaction seeing the principal if the parent was home, seeing the principal come to the door? Um, you know, I usually take one of my social workers who are, who are pretty good at navigating uh, 
stressful social situations. Mm-hmm. So um, they're a little surprised. Um, but, you know, w- when we go to do these things, if there's an issue, it's always that we want the best, what's best for their child. And I think if they understand that, they're okay with, with you being there. Mm-hmm. Um, but and- yeah, but principals generally, we don't, you know, generally don't do that kind of things. But I think it's important, again, relationships are critical. And the only way to build them is to get out with people and have them trust you. Excellent. And and I noticed that your 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 main word or your main statement with regards to uh leading is trust. Mm-hmm. Um and um therefore to to uh let's say to uh do anything that harms that trust is probably irreparable. Yeah, no doubt. You know? Yep. I mean so. it, it it could be so subtle, Dr. Jefferson. You could have a, an interaction with a parent the first time that doesn't go well, and that trust is gone. Mm. So, mm. you know, you have to choose your words wisely. You always have to talk to people um, the way you want to be spoken to. Um, that's big, dignity and respect when dealing with people. But if, you're right. Sometimes that trust, if it's broken, it's gone. And, it's, and if mm-hmm. you can get it back, you're pretty lucky. Yeah, that's true, and that's in all relationships. Yep. Um, one last question. Are you comfortable being an agent of change? Yes, for for yes, in education, absolutely. I think we have to change and we have to get better. And I think that um, it's 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 difficult because you want to make the right changes. Um, but I think that comes with research and asking lots of questions, asking colleagues lots of questions on how they do things, and seeing how you could fit those things in um, to what you do with your students. But yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable with it. It's um, it's challenging, but it's it's also rewarding at the end of the day, or at the end of the year, when you could see that change and how it affected your teachers and your students. Excellent, excellent response. We have been speaking with Brian Bruno, principal of the California Avenue School in Uniondale, New York. Brian, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Dr. Jefferson. Stay tuned because our next guest is an experienced principal who has taken on the challenge of a new school in a neighboring school district.